So a few weeks ago, um, Ethan and I were at home and trying to decide what movie we should watch. <laughs> another, sorry, another movie references, okay? All right, he goes to me, you know, I've really been wanting to watch the Rocky movies again. And my immediate response was, I'm not watching that. <laughs> Why would you think that I want to watch a sports movie about a boxer guy? But he persisted. Um, and the following weekend, my mom happened to be in town. And I thought, okay, I know what I'll do. I'll say, oh, mom, do you want to watch the Rocky movies? And surely she'll be like, no, I don't want to watch that. And that will squash all of Ethan's hopes and dreams for ever having to watch those Rocky movies with me. So I said, mom, do you want to watch them? Do you want to watch the Rocky movies? And much to my chagrin, she goes, oh, yeah, sure. I haven't seen those in forever. And I thought, traitor. <laughs> Anyway, that's how I got sucked into watching the first Rocky movie. The second and the third were of my own choice. To put it briefly, have you seen these movies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. All right, so all of you have seen the Rocky movies, but no one's seen the Barbie movie. <laughs> For those of you who haven't, to put it briefly, these movies are about a young man, Rocky, Sylvester Stallone, who has no hopes of a boxing career because he's not very good. He's in love with this very awkward lady who works in a pet shop. He wins the boxing lottery and he gets to uh, fight the heavyweight champion, Apollo. He runs up a lot of stairs. That's a very important part. And then he wins that very kind of violent and long boxing match. And then he ends the movie by yelling, Adrian, Adrian. And what might be most important is, yo, I love you, Adrian. <laughs> now, Rocky and Jacob have a few things in common. One, they are both very, very persistent. Two, they fight for a very long time. Did you hear that in our Genesis reading? Rock, not Rocky, Jacob fights all night long. And they're both very successful in besting their opponents. Apollo, ironically the name of a Greek god, and our god, whom Jacob is fighting today. But here's the thing. I honestly don't know still a lot about boxing or fighting. So when I first read our Genesis text, it really didn't mean a whole lot to me initially. And indeed, I thought, that's weird. It's a weird text, a weird idea to be physically wrestling with God. Now, we've had many different forms of Jacob along our Genesis journey. A few weeks ago, we had Jacob the dreamer. Last week, we had Jacob the Kendall. Today we have Rocky Jacob. And Rocky Jacob is indeed again in a bit of a pickle. So last week he married Leah, right, and her sister Rachel, whom he loved. And in between those two readings, a lot has happened to Jacob. He's had some sons with Leah, his first wife. 
He has married Rachel's maid, Bilhah. He's had children with her. He's married Leah's maid, Zilpah. He's had children with her. And finally, after this interesting incident and the purchase of some mandrakes, Rachel conceives and bears his favorite son, who is, of course, Joseph. Okay, good job. Last night I didn't hear a lot from the five o'clock crowd, so good job, Joseph. And then finally, after all of his wives and all of his children, Jacob is ready to head home. He's ready to leave his uncle Laban's land. Now, naturally, there is some more trickery that happens. You see, Laban owes Jacob some something before his working for a long period of time. But Laban doesn't want to give it to him, so there is some trickery that happens with these farm animals that are owed to Jacob, and the result is Jacob being on the run yet again. But luckily, he and Laban meet and reconcile. It's kind of like a, you stay on your side, I'll stay on my side, kind of a reconciliation. And then Jacob hears about somebody else who is nearby. It's his brother Esau. Do you remember his brother Esau? Yeah. And do we think that Esau is very happy with Jacob? No, No, right? Because remember, Jacob stole his brother Esau's birthright. And so Jacob is pretty terrified because he hears that Esau is coming and Esau has like a lot of men. I think about 400 men with him. And Jacob naturally thinks that Esau intends to kill him and his wives and his children. And when he sends them forward, did you notice that um, he sends the wives and the children first and then Jacob is behind them? Yeah, okay. So Jacob gets together this, I'm sorry for stealing your birthright present. And it's in the form of lots of livestock and he sends it to Esau ahead of him. And then Jacob camps for the night. And here's where we enter our story of Jacob wrestling with God. Now, when we read the Bible, there are lots of ways to interpret different stories. Some stories are hyperbole or history or fiction. Some can be symbolic and some analogy. But no matter how we get ourselves into a story, they generally all have this seed of truth for us, a lesson for us to learn within them. And one way to read the Bible that would be very helpful, I think, for us today is using metaphor. We interpret a lot of life through metaphor. For instance, in Rocky, Boxing, and especially that match with Apollo, could be seen as this metaphor for a young man's struggle with the world in order to grow into a strong, capable man who is confident and able to love. Now, our story today is indeed strange. It is strange that all of a sudden Jacob is spending the evening here camping and a stranger shows up and they begin to wrestle all night with no conversation. I don't know if you've ever just randomly wrestled someone without speaking to them. I haven't. Um, So that is odd, right? And then Jacob prevails, but he gets knocked on the hip by this stranger, and he finally gets a new name, Israel, which means one who has striven with God. 
It is a weird way to experience God, and it's unlike any other Bible story that we know. Jacob enters the night in fear and anxiety over his brother, but he comes out of the night blessed by God. But what comes next might seem strange to us as well, and also surprising. Jacob leaves the space where they have been camping, and he goes to meet Esau and his many, many men on the road. What Jacob finds is that Esau is incredibly gracious when he meets him. He tells Jacob, keep the livestock, I don't need them. He hugs him with a warm embrace and he kisses him. And Jacob then proclaims that in this moment, seeing Esau was like seeing the face of God. Now, you may not be a wrestler or a boxer, but I feel pretty confident in saying that I'm sure that each and every one of us has had something that they have struggled with God with, something happening in your own life. I'm pretty sure that there has been a time where you have come to God pleading for answers and for guidance. To me, it's pretty clear that Jacob wrestling with God is a metaphor for Jacob wrestling over all of the things that are transpiring in his life because it is such a pivotal moment. It's this moment of change. Behind Jacob is who he has been, a trickster to his brother, tricked by his uncle, somebody who constantly doubts God's promise. And now is this time for him to be reconciled, reconciled to God and to his brother, called to be who he is meant to be, the one who trusts God's promise, that promise where God says, I will be with you, the promise where he says, you will have generations and this land will be your families. This new Jacob is symbolically represented by the new name, Israel. But Israel is even more than a name. It is recognizing God's love and faithfulness and forgiveness in all parts of his life. And this begins with the reconciliation between Jacob and Esau. When Jacob sees the face of God and the grace of God in Esau's face. This story is an interlude. It represents that change. Now that we have read this story as a metaphor, it is time for us to take that next step, to use that for our own lives as well. So I wonder about what you are wrestling with this day. Where can you invite God in? Because I trust from this story that God is teaching us that when we come to God with fear and anxiety or doubt, when we allow God to enter into our wrestling, on the other side is grace. So I want us to end our time today with a few minutes of quiet. 
And I want you to have some space to sit back comfortably, to close your eyes if that feels good, and to settle your body and to ponder that. So I'm going to set a little timer for two minutes, and I will gather us back together with some prayer. As we come back together, let us pray. Good and gracious God, God of Jacob, God of Esau, come into our lives and our hearts. Point us down the right path and help us to remember your promises for us, that on the other side of wrestling is grace. Amen. Amen.